With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Let's see what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. I mean, and you know, I, things can look a lot different. And with New Orleans coming in, I, I think as a team that is struggling to create turnovers, maybe you kind of want to see the Saints right now. Touchdown, Carolina! It's that time of the week. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends, Augusta, Darren, and Kristen. We are going to talk all Panthers, guys. But but look, if, if you know Darren, there is uh, quite a few things that he cares about. I was going to say one thing he cares about. There are quite a few things that he cares about. But at the very top of the list is Appalachian State uh, and Appalachian State football specifically. So we are going to get into all things Panthers. We are going to answer all of your questions, tell you what we have been learning around the building this week. But first and foremost. Yeah. Just 10-second brag only for 10? your college team. Do I yes, only get that is 10? that is the stipulation. Today I'm Today I give my... my all for Appalachian State, 10 seconds at a time. It's uh no, it's cool. And I'm and I'm super passionate about Appalachian State. I've always said I don't think when I went there we were ever anybody's first choice and the people there or the school itself, but you get there and you kind of turn into a community, and now it's a destination, and now everybody wants to be a part of it, and now we're on national TV, and now we win football games in incredible and heart-stopping ways. So, yeah, it's fun. It's good It's good to be a Mountaineer every day, but especially right now. That was 27 seconds, yeah, but we'll, I tend we'll to let shoot. it <laughs> <laughs> We'll let it slide. Yeah. We'll let it slide. Is there room on the bandwagon? Oh, absolutely. Welcome. I mean, and that was the cool thing about game day this weekend. All our new friends who got to see us for the first time and were like, wow, look at this amazing place up in the mountains and there are trees and mountains and awesome people and they're having fun and Luke Combs is, you know, firing up the crowd and everything else. It was great. It was good stuff. Welcome, new friends. I, it's both my brothers went to Appalachian. Um, I'm a big fan. It is absolutely beautiful there. And then if we are just bragging about our college teams, of course, because we <sighs> let Darren go, you know, I do just have to say uh, UNC did did beat Appalachian. And so, it's you know, it's good to see Appalachian success yeah. this year, we, the rest of it. It's, I'm really happy for them. UNC is... Three and zero, at least until this weekend. We'll see what happens with Notre Dame. Um, but we, just wanted to throw that in. We there. we were happy to br- provide a uh, program defining upset victory for the Tar Heels. The same. We way. were happy just yeah. to you know help you guys work out your kinks and yeah. and be able to to move forward and yeah. take on Texas A and M. You are know, clearly warmed up now. And Augusta's just sitting over here because she went to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> sipping her sipping also her coffee. What else is there to say? No, this past weekend was super exciting for me personally. I said it was almost like my personal Super Bowl because it was Georgia, South Carolina, the two schools I covered before I came here. 
Um, and obviously, you know, it's it was conflicting. I was actually on the plane on the way to New York watching that game on my phone. And Georgia was being Georgia. And I was telling my parents it's almost like it's unfair at this point. But it's awesome. It's so cool. And it's especially cool that they chose to do this right after I graduated. Oh. Year after I graduate, <laughs> natty year. Now we're out here just destroying everybody left and right um but it's cool it's awesome I you know. I will say I uh, was shooting some segments with Thomas Davis earlier this week and he tended to say the same thing about Georgia South Carolina you know he said gosh I just it's almost like it's unfair to them you know which is always what is it the op- opposite of of love uh, isn't hate it's indifference right or the worst the worst thing about um what is this saying whatever you know what I'm getting at it's it's not when you're hated, it's when the the other team does not care about you. And I feel like that's where Georgia South Carolina's gone. It's a little pretty bit rough. Lately. Yeah. I will say South Carolina cares a lot, but I'm not sure if that's reciprocated. That's just from my associ- or associations with the fandom, my observations. But I love South Carolina and I love my time there. So You were being you were being you're you're really on both sides right now as a good reporter. <laughs> of and <course. laughs> I, I appreciate that. All right, so that was fun, but of course we've uh, we gotta talk Panthers. Yes. Uh, not so fun. Less fun. Yes, yes. Less fun, I think, is a great way to put that. Uh, Darren, why don't you sum up this this 0-2 start for us? Tell people, yeah. you know, the reality of the situation and then also what there is to look forward to in the next right. 15 games. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. This is a bad 0-2 start. This is not what anybody expected. But it, it it's still 0-2 and not... 0 and 15 or something like that. I'm checking my watch. It's still September. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of football to be played, and I don't know how any of it's going to work out. I don't know that it's going to work out. I don't know that, you know, it, yeah, it's it's football. It's sports. We, we don't get a script for this thing in advance. I don't think this is what anybody expected, obviously. They're disappointed, and I think because there were a different level of expectations going into this year – uh, that's what makes this one kind of hard to process for a lot of the people downstairs and a lot of the people who are around this team on a daily basis. Because empirically speaking, this football team is a is a better collection of football players and coaches than what they've had around here the last two years. Yes. I, I, I think it would be hard, no matter how you feel about a football team or a particular person or anything like that, you, it's hard to argue that you brought in actual offensive linemen. Uh, don't 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 hold me to this, but that starting five offensive lines played every snap of the first two games, mm-hmm. and they've played reasonably well. I mean, that's not the abject problem it was last year. Certainly, um, an improvement over last year. Absolutely, an improvement over last year. Nothing against those guys; there just weren't enough people. Uh, to do the thing last year, and they went out and got the people to do the thing. The the other thing that I think is frustrating to me about watching these guys this year is you come out of the first week, what was the biggest problem? Oh, my God, Cleveland ran it down their throats. I mean, 217 yards as a team. Nick Chubb went wild, and you think going into New York, oh, God, Saquon Barkley had even more yards the first week than Nick Chubb. What's going to happen up here? And run defense wasn't a problem. They played pretty well against the run. They've yes. got they've got some new guys in. Marquand McCall, I, I think, is going to end up being a pretty key piece, along with Henry Anderson, of kind of stabilizing things just because he's a wide body. He's a different uh, frame from some of the guys they've got. And 
you know, they did some different things to shore up the run defense, and it wasn't the same kind of problem it was the week before. But it's almost like when you put your finger in the hole in the dam and something else pops up, it's like, you know, you're chasing problems right now, and all of a sudden they can't convert a third down on offense. They're not creating any turnovers on defense, so it's just one thing after another. And, you know, they've got some opportunities, you would think, uh, coming up to fix some of those issues, but until they do it, it's not done. And and that's kind of the quandary about where they're at right now. And you're right. It, there is a different kind of, as a fan of, of any team, right, I think that anyone would say, and certainly in my own experience with the teams that I've root for, UNC or whatnot, there is a different kind of frustration when you are so close, right, mm-hmm. as opposed to when you are not in the game. They are both types of frustration and uh, they both come with their own things, but it, it, you have to admit that the Panthers have they have made these improvements in in certain areas, and they are right there. Yep. Um, and and losing by very small margins, it feels like one play yeah. away. As, a couple of fifty plus yard field goals at the ends of games right. tend to make differences. And so. you see, and and you see some of those uh, not go in for some other teams in the NFL when when their team is is you know right on it, right or. Uh, you have the opportunity to make that field goal, right? You're on the the other side of things, so that is a different type of frustration. And I'm sure that Darren, in your in your mailbag, you have yeah. seen that, right? So it's like it's <laughs> yeah. like things are good and and going in the right direction, and there's still 15 games left. But it is it is heartbreaking. The, I think you'd say for yes. a fan to to watch your team be very close and then ultimately the, just be. Yeah, the things, the things that were true on Labor Day when they picked a 53-man roster and, and kind of established what this team was going to look like were the coaching staff is deeper and more experienced. You bring in Steve Wilkes, James Camp, and Ben McAdoo and all these guys, and yes, that's more experienced. The roster is better. Those things remain true, but until they find a way to turn that into wins on the field, nobody wants to hear about that. Absolutely. Like I said, I would like to know, we did this last week, and, and I really enjoyed it. What is one thing you have learned this week about the Panthers? About the Panthers. Okay, I'm going to kind of switch it up here a little bit. I'm going to actually talk about a story that I wrote um, because there's a lot you know, going on in the football side of things, and I was able to um, sit down last week with our kicker, Eddie Pinero, who um, amid all of the chaos and everything going on, he's gotten off to a good start coming in uh, for Zane Gonzalez there at the last minute. He's uh, perfect 4-4 on his field goals mm-hmm. um, and perfect on his extra points. So there's a bright spot there for for Eddie. But um, I had a chance to talk with him about his, his whole journey to football in general. And there's so many different interesting aspects of his story just in general that I cannot wait to share in the article that I just wrote uh, yesterday and the days before. But um, one of the the key things was that um, football was never, or I, I guess not exactly his first dream in terms of sports. Um, and that was something we wrote about when he first got here. You know, he's a soccer guy, but his transition into football and soccer was actually something very emotional and very, you know, big for him. And he he wanted to make something of himself in football to support his family. There's all sorts of just great connections between him and his father, who was a professional soccer player in the 90s. Um, I also spoke with his father for the story. So there are just 
he's he's a family guy. There's just so many reasons that he plays football that are outside of, oh, it's a cool thing to go kick for the NFL. And I am so excited for everyone to read that. But just having a chance to talk with him for 30 minutes last Friday and then talk with his father, get to know him, um, you know, kind of showing the Panthers like, okay, I know this guy came in in August out of nowhere and in a pretty, you know, dire situation with Zane Gonzalez getting hurt in the last preseason game. But um, he's a real good addition just in terms of morale and excitement. And uh, I'm really excited to share that story. So getting getting to know Eddie, and, and that's one of the things that's great about this job. We were talking about it um, either last week or the week before with opening the locker rooms and getting to know the guys. Um, just being able to share their stories, their whys that they're here. They, so many of them, it's past, you know, an NFL dreamer wanting to play in a stadium. A lot of it is very deep-rooted and emotional. So yeah. I'm very excited to share that. And it is and it is a cool story. It'll be up later this afternoon on Panthers.com. And having had a chance to read through it uh, and start working on the layout portion of it that we have to do, it's um, there's some details in there. It's like when you see what this family's gone through and you see what this journey means to them, it's worth checking out. And it's cool because I think a lot of times, and I've kind of joked that when kickers get hurt and you're looking for replacement kickers, I've made the joke that it's like a clown car. They go from city to city and try (laughs) out, you know, they were in Kansas City the other week. Before that, they all came to Charlotte. But when these guys come in, they are expected to do a pretty important thing right off the bat. So, yes, was everybody disappointed that Zane Gonzalez got hurt? Of course. But it's now like, okay, Eddie, it's on you. And so far, Eddie's delivered in the games. um, And we'll see how it goes. But it's so cool seeing the human stories that kind of make up the team. And there's 53 of them, plus a practice squad, and plus all the people around this team. And and that's what we try to do. I mean, I want to tell people the stories of these people that we get to see and these people that we got access to that other people do not have. I cannot wait to read that. It sounds great. Darren, what's one thing you've learned this week? Uh, I have learned that a lot of these guys, it's kind of interesting to me, you know, as much as they put into this thing, they are their own worst critics. If you read the internet or listen to the radio or all this kind of stuff, you think it must be a disaster. But I was talking to Frankie Luvu the other day about Frankie played one of the best games of defensive football he's played in his entire life last week. But the only thing that keeps repeating in his mind is dropping what could have been an interception mm-hmm. and probably a pick six at a certain point. So it, it's it's interesting that when the environment's not necessarily conducive, that, you know, it's not just people yelling at them. I mean, Eddie's like, or not Eddie, but Frankie is like, I know there were a couple little things I could have done better. And it's and it's like you also have to be mindful of the fact, and I talked to J.C. Horn about this as well, um, there can be specific things you'd like to fix, but the whole is at least moving in a positive direction for them individually. I mean, J.C. has committed some penalties and been on the other end of some criticism about particular things, but J.C. Horn's still pretty good at football. And Frankie Louvu's um kicking himself over dropping a pick six but when you look at the whole of what Frankie Louvu did on the field last week I mean I was sitting there next to Augusta and I was like this guy's out there running around like his hair's on fire mm-hmm. he's making every play he's all over the place so and and that's the challenge when you're in the situation they're in right now where you're kind of they are sort of trying to latch on to the things they've got to fix and fix them but you've also got to be mindful of and Frankie's playing pretty well right now. 
he he absolutely is. We you yeah. know on the radio broadcast during that game, we called his name so many times, yeah. especially in that first half. Uh, it's it's incredible to to see what he's doing and and the rate at which he continues to just progress and mm-hmm. not even progress. He's he's always been a great player, but to be able to show what he can do in a variety of different ways coming in here last year as primarily a special teams uh, contributor. Mm-hmm. You know, at first and until there were some injuries, so it's just been. It's he's a guy that you want to have on your team. I mean, there's yep. there's quite a few of those guys on on this team, but man, it is so fun to watch him, Darren. Even when you said even when he might be beating himself up over a few plays, it's 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 very enjoyable yeah. to watch him. The the thing that I've learned this week, I specifically learned it on Sunday, and Darren, you mentioned it already, but uh, this defense can stop the run. There's mm-hmm. and and I think that goes to what what you were saying earlier, Darren. Um, about there still being a lot of football left to play because that was the one of the main storylines in in week one, right? You give up 217 yards on the ground to Cleveland. The only team that rushed for more yards than Cleveland in week one were the Giants, 238. Saquon Barkley had 164 yards on the ground. And then, especially in the the first half, and and for a, a few, except for a few plays there toward the end of the game, which of course were very important plays, this defense did a, a great job really neutralizing Saquon Barkley for the majority of the game. And so, as a as a, a someone that watches all of these games, and if I were a fan, I would feel very heartened about that. Now there still are, you know, there's still the, the turnover issue, no turnovers through the first two games, but. It's just, you know, like you said, Darren, we can't predict what's going to happen in the next 15 games. But, of course, every week, right, it's these little granular things until you get a broader sense of who this team is, which mm-hmm. I would say is, what, probably week four, week five. Um, what do you say, Darren? It's um, it's not a pattern until a certain – you you wrote yeah, it I recently. Mean, yeah, and, and I talked about it in mailbags. The first week, everybody wanted to say, oh, my God, this is exactly what it's going to be all season. And one instance isn't uh, a trend. I mean, you, it takes two, three. Let's see what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. I mean, and, you know, I, things can look a lot different. And with New Orleans coming in, I, I think as a team um, that is struggling to create turnovers right now, you know, you maybe you kind of want to see the Saints right now because, you know, it's, there are certain things, and, and it's interesting. And I think as I visited with our friend Will Bryan, Panther stats guy, that came into a little clearer focus. 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week. As promised, live from his undisclosed location inside Bank of America Stadium. That's why I'm whispering. He's Panther stat guy, Will Bryan, and here's this week's stat of the week. All right, stat of the week, Jameis Winston. This will be his 11th career game against the Carolina Panthers. Most of those came when he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Overall, he's 4-6 and six against Carolina with a 60.4 completion percentage. He has nine touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Many of those came in that game in London that we all remember. He's been sacked 36 times with a 72.6 passer rating. So a chance for this Panthers defense to get after Jameis on Sunday. Our very own Panther stats guy, Will Bryant, with a, a great stat about Jameis there. And, and Darren, to your point, yep. I, I I think it's right. You know, it's uh, we'll see what happens. It could be. The, the pump could be primed yeah, for, for those takeaways to, to get rolling. You, if you need to see takeaways, Jameis Winston has been generous in his <laughs> past, so maybe this works out. All right, I, I, I want to have some fun with something. Darren does a, a great mailbag. Um, I'm a religious reader. I have to, I'll have to write in, you know, the longtime reader, first-time submitter. Um, 
called Ask the Old Guy. So I, I thought what would be fun, Augusta, is for us to be able to draw on Darren's extensive knowledge, both with the Panthers and without. Because, you know, I go to Darren for advice. Sometimes it's a, a team-related. Sometimes it's, you know, it's uh, about, like, d- having a child and things like that. Oh. So I thought Augusta and I could do our very own Ask the Old Guy Um I think our questions might be a little bit better than, or a little bit nicer than well, what you get in the mailbag yeah, sometimes this week. So, um, so we're gonna do. Augusta and I are each gonna do one Panthers-related question and then one non-Panthers question. Does that sound good? Fair enough. All right. My first question is Panthers-related. I want to know who, over the course of the year, not anyone on this team, who was your favorite player just to talk to, just to catch up with. It. There are a lot. Uh, Jake DeLome's pretty near the top of the list. Jake and I get a chance to visit, you know, as he's doing radio for the Panthers Radio Network, and I enjoy talking to Jake. But I have always got a kick out of Steve Smith. I, I really have. I mean, watching him from his rookie year coming in and being angry rookie and being mentored by people like Sam Mills and John Casey, and turning into this guy we know now. I mean, it's just such a journey that Steve has been on individually, but he's funny, and he's curious, and that's one of my favorite qualities in people. I mean, Steve's always trying to find stuff out. Um, when he worked, did some work at a local radio station, he wouldn't let them just make him a ceremonial talker. He learned how to work the phones. So, I mean, when I, I, I learn something when I talk to Steve every time, and I think that's one of the coolest things about him. I would agree with you on, on both of those. I get a chance to work with yep. Steve Smith. He's our analyst for the preseason games, um, and I do sideline. And you're right, that, that story that you were just telling, actually his, I guess, boss, the person that was doing the that was on the radio show was Taylor Zarzer, who yep. does play-by-play. He's our, the third member of our preseason crew. And they called him Intern Smitty. Intern Smitty. Intern Smitty, answering the phones. He refused to go right to the top. And yep. he's still that person. Um, and I just I have the best time working with him for those three or four weeks during the preseason. Um, and we have a text chain going. You know, it's just it's just great. Uh, so I completely agree with you, Darren. I'm, I'm glad to hear that those two guys are at the top of your list because I love getting to work with Jake, too. We do yep. a lot of stuff together. Augusta, what's your Panthers-related question Okay, so the reason I'm asking this is because we just got back from a trip to New York. It mm-hmm. was my first time going to New York, so I was a little, you know, when I saw the Statue of Liberty and all of the buildings, I felt a little starstruck for the city, I guess, in a way. I was just yeah. so excited. So I wanted to ask you, um, when you were early on in the beat, right. what was the first road trip where you were like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that I'm here? There was, I was fortunate enough early in my career to be able to uh, work the Gaston Gazette before I got to the Rock Hill Herald. And I was basically covering high school games on Friday nights and then getting on planes and going to help cover Panthers games on the weekend. And in, in 1996, a certain thing happened here with the Carolina Panthers and they caught hot and ended up in Green Bay for the NFC Championship game. And when you're 23, 24 years old, very young, you you don't realize you go from covering an Ashbrook-Hunter-Huss game on a Friday night to walking into Lambeau Field. And it's like you walk in for the first time and you see that place. And, and it's weird because I've kind of joked in the past, Green Bay, it's mythical. But Green Bay itself is a very small town. And I've always joked it's kind of like a cold guest on you. But because it is a very small community – 
But you roll up to that stadium, and it's like you're entering a portal into football mythology. I mean, it's just it's a different kind of place. And that was one of the days where I had kind of that same look you had on your face the other day pulling uh, past the Statue of Liberty. It's like, whoa, look at that. This is a thing I'm seeing with my own two eyes, and that's pretty neat to see. I still have not been there. Um, uh, This is my third season doing radio sideline for the Panthers, and the first year – uh, that I was here, so it was 2020, they played yeah. in Green Bay, but uh, no one was traveling except for absolutely essential the personnel team members. Right. So we called the games from our stadium on the road. Uh, it looks cool, though. Yeah. So uh, holding out hope, cannot wait to go there. It That's was a great... warmer where we were that night, Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but the thing was, this was a, it was a, gosh, I can't remember what month they played in, but it was like unseasonably warm yeah. in Green Bay during that game. And I'm like, man, because, you know, at least you go, well, if I'm not going to be yeah. there, um, you know, I'm sure it would just be like the weather would just be terrible. It's going to be negative six. Right. So it's like good, you know, it's yeah. good not to be there. And it was like, this is the warmest night in Green Bay and in the month of November or whatever it was. And forever is like 50 degrees. Like everyone's having a great time. You're like, oh, come on. Like, and <laughs> yeah. the weather conditions are perfect for a sideline reporter. So cannot wait to get to go there. But what a great question, Augusta. Thank you. All right. My non-Panthers related question Um <laughs> Probably a little sappy. Um, So, Augusta, I don't know if you know this, but when I had my baby, Darren uh, dropped off this beautiful book. Okay, I might get a little. Uh, (laughs) Dropped off this beautiful book of Winnie the Pooh stories and um, wrote a really beautiful note in it, too, and just talked about essentially, you know, how fast time goes. So, Darren, my question to you is how did you balance being a parent during football season? Sorry, I'm just, it was just such a beautiful, I'm thinking about <laughs> so the note sweet. now, right? And it was oh. so touching. Wow. Um, poorly? Question mark? Uh, I don't know. And you never know as a parent whether you're doing it right or not. You try to, and honestly, it's part of the reason I loved reading stories to kids at night because that time was only them. And so whether you're reading Winnie the Pooh to your son or, or, Good Night Moon to your daughter. I read that book a million times to Baby Girl over the years, and you, I can hear it in my head each day. So you you just hang on to those little moments because that's what you've got. I mean, and this job is demanding. It takes a lot of time. There are a lot of moments when I wasn't around, and I've got voicemails from my daughter wishing me a happy birthday you know, in the early 2000s when she was three or four years old and I was on the road somewhere. And it's like, this stinks being out here on the road the whole time. But you just try to be as there as you can when you're there because that's really all you can offer. You always strike me as somebody that is uh, taking in the present, right, and trying to make the most of that. And I've really tried to do that before work, after work, all those times. And, you know, I'm I'm getting into a little bit of a a rhythm with it and – Anyway, I just wanted to say yeah. how much I appreciated all of your uh, words of wisdom and and the the beautiful note and those stories. And like I said, I asked Aaron for advice, so you know oh. it's uh, good to get it. Sorry to put that on you on yeah. the microphone, but I I came in thinking about that today. So I uh, okay, I'll stop. I will stop blubbering into the mic. Augusta, what's your non uh, Panthers related question for you? First Aaron? of all, that was the sweetest thing in the world. <laughs> just watching that whole oh my goodness, I'm I'm at a very different you know phase of my life, but I kind of wanted to ask a similar question. Just uh, you were just talking about you know being a young reporter, 23, 24. I just turned 24 from 23, so when you said that, I was like oh my gosh, like me. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask, um, just not even necessarily work related advice, life advice for someone who. 
I just moved to my third new city in three years. Right. I'm still adjusting to life, trying to figure out how to be a, a real life adult. Yeah. What are some of your key advice to people who either are as young as me or, I mean, whatever phase of life you're in and you feel like you're floating and letting life come to you instead of taking it by the horns? Yeah, and that's hard. And, that, and part of the reason I'm amazed and impressed by what you've been able to do in a short amount of time is I was always able to do it close to where I'm from. I grew up in suburban Hickory. I went to Appalachian State University. I worked in Morganton and Lenore and Gastonia and Rock Hill. And I've been living in Charlotte for the last, gosh, what, 30 years. So I've always had a pretty close connection. So being able to put it all on the line, move to a new place where you don't know anybody, that takes guts. And it's it's hard to jump out there and do it because I haven't necessarily done it. I mean, I live 60 miles from my parents, and in my extended family, I'm the one that moved away to the city. I'm, I'm Boy Walton. So it's uh, you're asking me for things I can't necessarily speak to, but it's, it, it is – I think when you're a reporter, your job is just to walk into every situation, eyes wide open and ears wide open, and take it all in because that's the only way to really um, – I try not to get hung up on individual sound bites or this person said this thing and now it's a headline and it takes off and it goes viral. I, I tend to prefer things that stand up over time. And when you stand and watch a year's worth of football practice, you learn exactly what that football team's all about. When you watch an entire training camp, you get to know the people at a different level. So it's just always being on and always observing and always – uh, remembering what you see, and that's the only way to be a reporter, as far as I know. I love it. And I know that you didn't ask me that question, but as someone who has moved around the country and and did it very young, Connecticut, L.A., um, Chicago, and and now back, you know, being from North Carolina, back here, I would say something that really grounded me was um, trying to find a, a thing outside of work that you enjoy doing even if it's small like I know you like to go get your coffee right or going on a walk and trying to do it as much as possible so that you have something that's tied to the city that you're living in right um that's for you and that's not work related because especially in sports I you know I worked on Mike and Mike in Bristol that was my first job out of college and I loved it but you know it started at 3 a.m right and so had to find something that just my whole day wasn't just work right and it's because it's a fun place and it's cool and so you just want to connect to where you are in a way that is um, not always related to your job. And I know that's hard because we don't always have the time to do it. But I always found that like walking around uh, my city, right, whether it was Chicago or Santa Monica or um, in the little small town I lived in in Connecticut or like finding uh, whether it was a gym or a, a little breakfast place that I liked. And that was like my thing that I did and I would put my music on. I know you you always listen to your music too. And I would go do my thing. It was almost a ritual. So that always helped me feel very grounded and connected to the new city. And it's not something that, you know, with our schedules, they, they don't match up sometimes with meeting new people. And it's not something you have to do with somebody else. It's something you can do on your own. So that always made me feel better. God, Charlotte, so much better for having you two in it. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. Y'all. Guys, this was really fun. We had to bring back Ask the Old Guy. Like, what a spiritual experience for the last 10 minutes yes i I certainly (laughs) did uh well i thank you everyone for listening darren augusta thank you guys so much producer matt thank you we'll see you next week on the happy half hour podcast you never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials 
so it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear, so before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.